You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for The Leap a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to at theleap.substack.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, we are going to open up the mailbag to answer your questions. It is our last chance to do that before we have an opponent to talk about, before we get the opportunity to actually talk about the Packers taking on the New Orleans Saints in week one in Jacksonville. Today's episode is brought to you by our Locked On NFL preview. The NFL season is about to begin and no one covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network August 30th. That's past now. Through September 8th, Lockdown's ultimate season preview is taking you through every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason LaConfora. Follow the ultimate season preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So let's jump right in with your questions. I got a ton of really great ones. So let's start here with with Joe W on Twitter. These are all going to be from Twitter. I put the siren song out on Twitter. The ones I've been getting on the Locked on Packers fan hotline have been long voicemails lately, <laughs> which I appreciate and love, but um, they're hard to play on air because, you know, if you're going to leave me two and a half minute voicemail, it's just hard for me to get it uh, on air. So Joe W asks over under Green Bay averages 35 points per game this season. So uh, the short answer is under. Um and it's not that I think the Packers are going to have, um, you know, some some non elite offense, but they led the league in points per game last year at thirty one and a half. And Tampa was second at, at a shade under thirty one. Um, thirty five would be historic and it's just not going to happen. So. Uh, I, I think the offense is going to be really good. This was a discussion that I that I started a little bit on Twitter. Someone brought this up uh, that why, why are we just assuming Kansas City is going to be better than the Packers this year? And I went, wait, yeah. Last year, I thought the two best teams were the Bucks and the Packers. The Packers got better at the skill positions, really at all the skill positions. I think they're better at running back, better at receiver, better at tight end. And their offensive line is still better. Quarterback is a wash. Play caller is very close. I'd take Andy Reid, but it's very close. And defensively, Green Bay just has a lot more talent. So why have we decided the Chiefs are definitely better than the Packers this year? I I don't get that. But uh, I, I do think they can be the best offense in the league. Are they gonna Are they gonna score thirty points a game again? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but. They, they are going to score a bunch of points. It is a 17-game season, so they're going to have a ton of opportunities to score some points, but that also means more opportunities you know, to win games 20 to 13, stuff like that. And they do play a lot of good defenses this year, so just something to keep in mind. All right, this is from at LF Morrow. 
What are the biggest improvements you think key future players need to make after watching camp and preseason? He mentions Jordan Love, Amari Rogers, TJ Slayton, Kylan Hill, and Eric Stokes. Uh, I think we've talked enough about Jordan Love that I'm going to put him to the side for now. I think people are sick of hearing about Jordan Love. <laughs> Some people aren't. But um, I, I think there's enough there with those other guys that, that we don't need to, we don't actually need to do Jordan Love to start. So let's do um, Eric Stokes first, just because he is um, the most likely to play play early. Stokes needs to get better in off coverage. He's going to play a lot of off in this defense. Now you heard um, Dante Whitner yesterday, and, and there were some issues yesterday with, with the feed um, iTunes again, and there are some other podcast platforms that pull from iTunes. iTunes was late to publish it. So if you haven't gone back, Dante Whitner was on the show yesterday. Go check that out. He was awesome. The people who did get to hear the show have had nothing but great things to say about it. Um, so go check that out. But it's going to be a cover two shell. Two deep safeties and corners not pressed up, but two to three yards off the receiver a lot of times. Sometimes they'll play off. And as he explains, sometimes they'll show zone and play man. Sometimes they'll show man and play zone. Sometimes they'll show cover two and spin to cover three. Sometimes you show cover two and it's cover four, cover six. There's a lot of different ways that, that you can make this work. The biggest issues we saw from Stokes... Or was when he was playing off. When he's able to press you at the line of scrimmage, that makes it a lot more difficult. So maybe they will play more cover two when he's in the game. Maybe they will play more press man when he's in the game. But when he's up, even if he's just two to three yards off the receiver, that is better for him than playing five, six yards off in cover four, whatever it is. So just something to keep in mind there. And, and I think the rest of his game, based on what we've seen, pretty solid. Um, Amari Rogers is another guy who I think we're going to see play early. You know, Randall Cobb was was the big name acquisition. And I think Packer fans are really excited to see him. But I think Amari Rogers is still going to get plenty of opportunities with the ball in his hands. And he is someone who is going to have to get a little bit better against man coverage, getting open. I didn't think he was explosive running routes in the preseason. And a lot of his stuff is going to be schemed open. That's fine. That's the nature of being a receiver, especially a slot receiver in the NFL. You are going to get open because the alignment, because of the formation, because of the play design. He's going to be doing jet sweeps. He's going to play in the backfield. He's going to be doing a lot of different kinds of things. He has to be dynamic with the ball in his hand. We didn't see that as much as I thought we would in the preseason in terms of him making plays. Part of that is him acclimating to his surroundings. Part of that is I think he's he's probably carrying a little bit more weight, thinking that may, hey, maybe some teams want to try me at running back. He is he is uh, he's looking thick, and not in a bad way necessarily. Um, but I think you know if he could if he could get it down a little bit, I, and I think it's muscle. I don't think he's like out of shape by any means. But if you look at his best plays in Clemson, it's his ability to jitterbug with the ball or to beat someone on a double move down the field with speed. He's just not looking quite as fast as we saw him at Clemson. Part of that could be that he's thinking a little bit too much, but I think he might have tried to, to get a little too big and strong to show that he can hold up at the next level. So that, that's just that's just an aesthetic assessment. I don't know if that's true. It's just like to my eyes, that's how he looks to me. Again, this is not a he's out of shape thing because he doesn't look out of shape at all. It's it's a I think he might have bulked up to big thing right now. 
And we'll see during the course of the season, it's really hard. You put on muscle in the off season. It's hard to keep that on during the season just because um, of, of the grinding schedule and the toll that it exacts. Um, TJ Slayton, just keep doing what you're doing. Kylan Hill, just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, it, it, consistency. It's always consistency with the young players. And, and you know, Kylan Hill, you're going to be the third down back. You're going to be in 15% of snaps. Um, just do what you do well. Block. And, and he, we've seen all the tools. It's the same with TJ Slayton. Eat gaps. Eat up blockers. Control them and make plays in the backfield. Get a sack here, a sack there, a pressure here, a pressure there. All the things that we saw in the postseason or in the preseason, excuse me, big difference. Um, that's what that's what you want to see moving forward. Andrew Dixon, why does the starting corner opposite 23 deserve it? This is an interesting question. Why? If it's Eric Stokes, why? If it's Kevin King, why? If it's Kevin King, it's because you just feel more comfortable with the veteran out there when you have to deal with disguise, when you're dealing with someone who has to be assignment sure, who's someone who needs to know where to be at all times. Now, this is a new defense for Kevin King, and, and it's a new defense for Eric Stokes. So maybe that veteran gap is not as big as it would otherwise be. I think if it's Stokes, why does he deserve it? And the answer is athletic gifts. At this point in their respective careers, Stokes is just so much more athletic, so much more athletic. Kevin King, the injuries have robbed him of a lot of the traits that made him such a unique cornerback prospect at his size with his movement skills. Those movement skills just aren't there to the same degree anymore. And, and that's a problem for him and for the Packers. And it's a big reason why he's in a fight for his job right now at that cornerback two spot. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. Coconut, Cherry barcia, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel. The list goes on and on. And not only are all the Built Bar flavors delicious, this is the best tasting protein bar ever. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And yet, high in protein, high in fiber, Low in net carbs, low in sugar. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's get to some more questions here. Um, this, is, this is an interesting one, one that I like very much. So if the Packers get out to early leads, any chance they will give love a quarter or two? The answer is yes. Um, Tim Boyle got to play last year, now almost exclusively in mop-up duty, um, or to to Neil. You'll probably see Jordan Neal with uh, Jordan Neal. Maybe we should call him that. Uh, you'll probably see Jordan Love with some kneel downs. Uh, and if he does get in the game, what I think is interesting, if he gets in the game, do the Packers take a different approach with him than they did with Tim Boyle? And that is to say. Do you let him sling it a little bit more? Like, let's say the Packers are up 35-14 and there's three minutes left and they get the ball. You're probably going to run it. Probably going to run it. But if it's third and eight, you know, you ran it twice, you got two yards. It's third and eight. Do you let him... Do you let him open it up a little bit? Just see what he's got. Because if if you do think he's going to be starting sooner rather than later, you don't want to throw him out there totally cold. 
You don't want to just have him say, okay, you've you've never played in a real NFL game and now you're going to be the starting quarterback for a, a team that believes they are at least a playoff team with you at the helm and potentially, if you reach your ceiling, a Super Bowl contender. Do you want to do that never having seen him play in a real game? Now, maybe this all works itself out and and he gets a chance and, and in week 18, he gets to go out and do the Pat Mahomes and you go, okay, yeah, this guy's for real. Maybe. We'll see. This is from Lucas Praber. Uh, who are some realistic free agent trade targets for the Packers to zero in on to try and prove the initial 53 to the final 53? The reality for this is there isn't one. Um, they they did it. They got Corey Borges. That was the, the trade target. I don't think right now they need to or want to go out and do anything on the free agent market. KJ Wright is going to Las Vegas. Yeah, there, you know, someone like Richard Sherman is still out there. That seems unlikely, barring an injury. So you have to wait for these things to play out a little bit. So the Packers feel good about their offensive line. They have the the incumbent injury with David Bakhtiari, but it's not a new injury. They plan for this. They know what the situation is. So they don't they don't have to make a move here. If you lose someone to injury, and usually lose someone for the season or lose someone to a 10-week injury, someone who's got to go on IR or something like that. That's when you make one of these moves. Now, I do think Green Bay could be aggressive at the trade deadline, and, and we'll have to see when the trade deadline hits who's available. You know, someone like Brandon Cooks in Houston could be available. That's just one name sort of off the top of my head. We have to see who the teams who are bad are. And that matters. Like, I think a lot of people thought Houston would be better last year than they ended up being. And so you have someone like Will Fuller, Will Fuller become more available than he might otherwise be. Those sort of contextual factors are difficult to predict right now. So who is going to be the guy, you know, in October that the Packers could be looking at? Yeah, that that part of it is tough to say. This is from uh, Dawson Gussie. He says, Aaron Jones' current contract suggests he's off the team in 2023. Is there a world in which they rework his deal to keep him longer than that or his 2023 quad father season? An interesting one. And I I, I agree here that um, 2023 is mm, pretty unlikely that, that Aaron Jones is on the team at the number that his current contract says he is owed or says he will count on the cap. In 2023, he is set to hit the cap at over $19 million. But he also, if you cut him after 2022, it's still $6.5 million in dead cap. So you probably don't want to do that. So let's say he plays really well over the next two seasons, after the 2022 season, he is in his age 28 season in 2022. He goes into his age 29 season. He got 13 million up front guaranteed, and he is going to get close to 20 in those two years, but that's less than half of his full contract terms. So that leaves $28 million still in those two years. Now, what you could do is you could say, okay, well, now you're 28. So let's take that $28 million and we'll add some money to it and we'll add a year, but we'll spread these things out 
and and add a void year or something. Maybe you can get cute. Remember, the, the uh, CBA is set to explode in 2023 with new money, but you still probably cannot pay him 19 million in, in 2023. He knew that when he signed the deal. And his agent knew that when he signed the deal. So you have to hope that he's honest enough to understand, okay, this is this is either going to be extension season or restructure season or something like that. There has to be a change that's made. I, I don't think it's out of the question for him to be on the team. I just think, you know, uh, after after that long, you know, six years in the NFL is a lot for a running back. And that sucks. You know, twenty age 28, you're going, well... But I do think, um, given what he means to the team, what he means to the culture, uh, and and with you know Jordan Love potentially the quarterback by then, you feel like okay, you gotta you gotta continue to buttress him with with what's going on around him. I do think it matters as well what what is what is around the team. Were they able to get Jair Alexander on a nice deal? Were they able to get Elton Jenkins on a nice deal? Was Devontae Adams resigned? What is the situation at edge? And you have to look at your asset allocations. Where have you invested on this team? Because you probably could just roll with um, AJ Dillon and Kylan Hill and feel pretty good about it at that point. But six and a half million again in dead cap is a lot. So maybe you get some sort of restructure. You bring that 2023 number down, you add a year and, and you're able to make this work for all sides. We'll see. Um, this is this is a unique situation. The Packers have not been in this situation with a running back in the modern NFL because Eddie Lacy... I mean, he he could not stay in shape enough to stay in the NFL for long enough for this to be a question. He was good enough. He just didn't he didn't you know, he didn't keep his body where it needed to be. So this is from uh, Vandalisa. What is the projected starting offensive line for week one and how will it change when David Bakhtiari comes back? So the projected offensive line right now, Elton Jenkins, left tackle, Josh Myers, center, Royce Newman, right guard, Billy Turner, right tackle, left guard, T.B. D. If I had to guess now, I would say Lucas Patrick. It could just as easily be John Runyon Jr. It's one of those two guys. And uh, when when David Bakhtiari gets back, they slide Elton Jenkins to left guard. Royce Newman stays at right guard. Elton Jenkins left guard. Royce Newman right guard. Josh Myers at center. Everything else stays the same. Now, longer term, I think Elton Jenkins is your right tackle of the future. They got to pay him. It would be very Packersy, very Russ Ball-y to pay him, give him a top of market guard deal, and then move him immediately to right tackle. <laughs> now, I think he would have to understand that that is happening probably when he signs that deal. But um, I, I think that would that is probably not only likely or not only possible, but likely. Um, here is uh, Matt Hendershot. Which current Packers player would you have represent you in a trial by combat? This is a good one because it's not just who is the biggest, strongest, fastest. It is who is the guy that is going to fight to the death for you? Who is going to battle and give 150% so that you don't die? I think I got to go Rashawn Gary here because physically, athletically, no one has the skills he has and no one plays harder than he does. The issue that he has is he doesn't, you know, he hasn't to this point had a great polished game, a full complete game. He started to really put together the pieces at the end of last season. And I think this is, this is breakout season time for him. 
trial by combat, I don't need him to, to be doing, you know, dip and rips and swim moves and hump moves and, and chop moves. I just need you to, to bring those physical tools to bear with the kind of effort that you give to everything. And I think that's going to be enough. I think that's going to be enough. And I don't think he's going to do like the Red Viper and showboat and get his face crushed by the mountain. I, I think he's he's going to finish whatever he starts. So that, that I think that's a good answer. I like that one. Zach Stone says, which player are you most excited to see play this year on offense and or defense? The player I'm most excited to see play in this offense this season is is A.J. Dillon. I'm I'm fascinated to see what he looks like in this offense with more playing time. He was so good in that Titans game and he's really expanded his game. I want to see him running wheel routes. I want to see him running halfback seam routes and, you know, the HBL goes and all that stuff. I, I'm I'm so excited to see the combinations that they put together with with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon or A.J. Dillon and Kylan Hill. Um, I, I think that's just going to be really fun to watch. And on defense. Hmm. There are a lot of really good answers on defense. I'm struggling with this. I think defensively, I know that Ben Fennell downplayed it a little bit, but I just think Darnell Savage is so ideally suited for this defense. Um, I think he's going to be awesome. I think he's going to be an ass kicker. And I think he's going to be the thing that differentiates this defense this year from last year. He was the guy last year in the second half. He and Adrian Amos played their asses off and they were a big reason why this Packers defense played a lot better in the second half. I think a similar thing can happen this year. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at Bet Online. Sign up today and get a free 100% welcome bonus when you use the promo code locked on. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Sports from football, basketball, boxing, down to your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available to the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the Packers doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. All right. Some more of your questions. Um, this is from Brandon Gravel. Uh, what would be your version of a successful season for Eric Stokes rookie campaign? I love these questions. You guys know, I love these questions. Um, not being terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's an easy one. No. Um, I think, I think number one, being an upgrade over Kevin King, I think that would be a successful rookie season um, for this year. But I think overall in his career, uh, really just just showing that it's not too big for him, that it's not going to be too much because some some guys you can just tell right away, no, this guy can't play. And you never want to you never want to, you know, bury a, a player as a rookie just because there is so much that goes into all of this. Um and there's so much growth that can happen after a rookie season. The biggest jump is always your one tier two. And we have seen plenty of guys look lost as rookies. And then you just go, oh, 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 yeah. 
this guy's got it. Now, usually you see the glimpses like Devontae Adams is a great example. He had some he had some rough moments, some drops and some times where he just didn't look on the same page with Aaron Rodgers at all. Getting getting taken off the field for Jeff Janis for crying out loud. And then there were, you know, the Patriots game in 2014 where he leads the league and in, in, leads the team in receptions and yards and targets. But he had a drop that would have sealed the game. He catches the ball on an inbreaker and scores easily. He drops it. Packers have to settle for a field goal. That gives the, the Patriots a chance to, to come back down. Now, they didn't score, but they could have. He has an incredible game against Dallas, un, unguardable against the Cowboys. And you're like, okay, okay. On inbreakers, this guy is unbelievable. And eventually he refined that. But you you had to see, you have to see the glimpses. You want to see something. You don't have to see it all. Randall Cobb didn't have a monster rookie season, but that game against the Saints, the kick return, the long touchdown, you go, okay, there's there's something here. You want to see those glimpses. Generally, it doesn't take, you know, it's not Jordy Nelson where you're like, all right, I don't know if this guy's like, what his deal is. Is he going to be good? And, and we didn't really see it from Jordy until like year three. You, you hope for the Packers' sake that Eric Stokes shows the glimpses early and and ends up by the end of the season becoming an upgrade um, over what you have with with Kevin King. Uh, this is from John Libnock. Uh, what's the latest on Z and his availability? Um, who do you expect to step in in his absence? So the Packers are being very coy about this. Um, back injuries are notoriously difficult. They do not have a timeline. Um he has been, you know, working and rehabbing and Matt LaFleur has been effusive in his praise of what of what Z has been able to do and trying to get back out there. And they're they're more optimistic, it seems, than they were maybe a week or two ago about him being able to go for week one. Rashawn Gary is gonna be the guy in his absence. And and you need to get Gary and Preston Smith. Um you know, a back injury is not what you want if you're Zadarius Smith and you're trying to play for a new contract. Understanding that, you know, the number that you are on the cap next year is just not tenable. It's the same thing with Aaron Jones in 2023. We, we talked about that earlier. You want to be able to be in a situation where you're proving yourself in these years. These are the years where that's what you, exactly what you need to be doing and saying, look, you know, I know I'm getting up in age. And if you extend the contract, it's going to be into my 30s. But I'm worth it because I'm going to play 16 games. I'm going to be an ass kicker in every game. And I'm an elite pass rusher and you pay elite pass rushers. That's what you need. If you're Zadarius Smith, what you don't need is to facilitate the Rashawn Gary breakout season, Bane Gary season. You don't want that. If you're Zadarius Smith in terms of your contract situation. Now, I'm not saying Z doesn't support his teammate. Absolutely. He's, he has been a mentor from Gary for Gary from the start. We've heard that he has been a great teammate, nothing but a great teammate to this point. I'm just saying, if you're trying to secure your, secure the bag, you have to be out there. And so I'm sure he wants to be out there. We don't know right now what that situation is. And, and it's much like David Bakhtiari. It is so much more important that you have Zadarius Smith in November, December, January than it is September, October. It's just so much more important. So this is a, this is a team that can win the Super Bowl. So you know you take a loss or, or two here, and he's probably not the difference between you know more than than one loss here or there. I mean maybe maybe in total, especially given that they have some really good players behind him. Now if all of a sudden the injuries pile up and you're having to start Jonathan Garvin and John C. Rivers, yeah, maybe that makes it much more difficult. But that's not a situation that they currently find themselves in. So 
Um, I, I do expect Rashawn Gary to come in and, and be a guy right away. I think he's ready. I think this is his time. And I think this is the opportunity where you're going to see him start to make those plays consistently the kinds of plays that we saw him flash in his first two years. All right, we're going to be back next week. We launch on YouTube on Monday. We will have a live show on YouTube on Friday. None of this Twitter stuff anymore. We will be live streaming on YouTube on Fridays this season. And we will be on YouTube as a podcast, as a web series. Same show that that you get on the podcast. Maybe you want to watch it. Maybe you have friends who only watch YouTube. They, they can find it. Go subscribe to Locked on Packers on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Subscribe to The Leap. Subscribe to The Leap.